everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our wizard of wait what, Chinoda. I wonder what the optimal cooking temperature for kids are. Oh god. No. And our, our chivalry of Shota's Shotaro. Oh, crrr. <laughs> what? You want to... You want to... No, I was going to say you want to explain that, but just no. <laughs> what is there to explain? It's how I communicate. I, it's pretty close, yes. Alright, so tonight on the podcast, we are going to be doing a spoiler cast for an anime that aired during the winter of 2019 called The Promised Neverland. So, I think it's pretty safe to say that all of us here really enjoyed this uh, anime. Uh, but I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of us that are here read the source material before it aired, correct? No. Yeah. Has no, anyone I read it? checked it out. Has anyone read it at all? I Probably John. I haven't read it. Well, John probably has, but um, I haven't read it yet, but I kind of do want to read it now, but I, I'm i not sure if I really want to. I, I'll talk about that later, but... The point of me asking was, since none of us had actually read the source material for this anime going in, I'm curious, did any of us have any expectations going into it? Because I certainly didn't. I went into it with zero expectations whatsoever. Well, I've heard of the manga, like, a while ago. I don't know how long. Maybe six months to a year ago or something. And um, the concept sounded really uh, interesting. And I really wanted to uh, read it, but then I just didn't because I'm a lazy bitch. Um, so I was expecting a lot. I was well, just from the, it was a high concept. It was a concept with a lot um, to build off of. So I was expecting a lot. The only thing, you, the only thing I knew about it was like when we did our initial, uh, sp- um, the preview cast uh, we did last for, uh, for the previous season, and uh, I was like, "Oh, this looks cool. It's prob they're probably experimenting on the kids or something." And um, yeah, wasn't expecting where they took it, but you know, I'm pl- I'm pleased with it. So yeah, yeah. I I tried to go in with as little expectations as possible. That way, I couldn't be too terribly like let down if it ended up being terrible. But I do know it was at least for the winter season one of the most hyped anime going into it it's certainly one of the ones that was getting the most talk about before the season started um probably that and mob psycho 100 were probably the two most talked up anime of winter 2019 maybe that along with kaguya-sama um but i i tried to forestall my expectations just because there was so much hype going into it and i know that hype can be a very very bad thing when you go into it that being said i was pleasantly surprised from the get-go like from from the word go it just completely shocked me how how good this was now having not read the source material i can't speak to how good the adaptation is um but i do know that just from the word go it it, it had me hooked like that first episode i don't think they could have done that first episode any better it's a pretty good episode. Honestly, I, I'm kind of skipping ahead of myself, though. But the format that the first episode had, where it's like slow, um, calming build up, and then crazy 
cliffhanger at the end and you're like where am i going what is happening uh that formula they used a lot multiple times and i kind of got tired of it by the end oh yeah the 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 it the overuse perhaps of cliffhangers and like not only that but like during the actual episode like the bulk of the episode they're like they're talking so slowly and then it's like such a chill atmosphere like everything is going so slowly and then at the very end it's like all the stakes go up and like everything happens so quickly and i'm like uh why do you do this like everything goes from being on one to getting immediately turned up to 11 it, it yeah. was the stylistic choice of it and i i can see where it's a bit irritating i enjoyed it personally but i i, I do see where you're coming from i feel though the first episode they could have um they could have like stopped hinting at the fact that oh something uh is about to happen like they they could have made it less obvious just to drop in the surprise even heavier yeah i i, I was that was i was going to bring this up because one of the things that happens in the first episode is you know connie gets adopted quote unquote and then you find out what that means to get adopted from the from grace fieldhouse is you fucking die um now that whole, throughout the entire episode, as you suggested, show like it it feels really chill until you get to that point. It's like something's about to happen. Like you got that feeling that something's about to happen. And I knew, I knew the second she left that house, she was gonna die. I, I didn't foresee the whole demon aspect of it, but I knew she was gonna die. And I'm curious, did either of you actually feel like she was gonna die when she left that house? And if so, do you think that 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 her death was way too easy to foresee. Easily. I, like, the moment they basically introduced to her, like, it was like, they made very obvious shots about it. Uh, the Her laughing, um, just shots on her lingering just a second too long. They were blatantly advertising, hey, this kid, this kid right here, right over here, you see this cute little kid? Totally gonna die. And I'm like, yo, come on, like... It's really freaking obvious. Stop, that stop manipulating my emotions. <laughs> it's like, no, they, they were being way too blatant about it. And I'm like, eh. So, like, when, when that actually happened to Connie, I was like, eh, whatever. Like, they, you were blatant about it. I don't really care. Like, it was a shock, sure, like, how and everything. But, like, they were too blatant about it. How about you, Sho? What What did you think? I don't think I really saw it coming, but I don't think I really cared. Because, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> like, okay, but in the synopsis of the show, it says that there's a dark secret, so I was expecting it to get there to be a dark turn. I well, was that's just... The thi- that's yeah, the I was just curious what, dark. what specifically that was going to entail, not, like, if it was going to happen, because I knew it was going to happen. Just want to know... So you knew, you knew something was. bad was about to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If I had one criticism of the first episode, that's the only thing. It's like just the way that they lingered on Connie in that episode, and they made it very, very obvious that this child was not going to be around for much longer. And they kind of play with your emotions, like you should really get emotionally invested in this so you can be shocked. And of course, it was shocking. The shock to me came more so with the introduction of the demons than the fact that Connie gets killed. Like that was more of a shock. Yeah. To me, at least. No, I, I I have to absolutely agree. Like, they were absolutely horrifying. And uh, 
they were the real surprise there. Not not the fact that the kid was gonna die. That was just plain obvious, honestly. No, the demons. That's the real surprise. I honestly didn't find any of that first episode surprising or shocking. Like, what's so shocking about the demons? I don't understand. But uh, what they I did—they're pretty grotesque in appearance. They, but they weren't. They were like not even gross. They weren't gross, but it was the more creepy aspects of it. I feel he's referring to. I didn't find it the that fact creepy. that their eyes kind of swirl around like a fucking owl's head oh just really creeped me out a little bit. I won't lie. Uh huh. Okay. Well. Like, they don't have any out-there characteristics. They don't... Like, they aren't necessarily extremely demonic in a more traditional sense that we can think of. But they did still have aspects that were entirely out there, is the thing. And what little they did show was executed uh, rather well, in my opinion. I do think that was a good idea, though, not to show them too much, because then I think the more you know about them is probably for the worse, because, like, introduce little bits about them as the story progresses. Don't introduce them all at once and then tell, tell you know, exposize everything to me about them all at once. I like the fact that they spoon-fed you stuff about the demons. Yeah, gave us little, like, little morsels here and there. Also, I, <laughs> I don't know if this was intentional, but I kind of found it personally entertaining and i don't know if i'm the only one who thinks this but every time that they actually did show the demons to me like when they're speaking to each other they come off as really posh <laughs> i don't know if it's like the way that they look or the way that they talk i don't know there's something that's very posh about them well we Not know for way, certain uh based off the whole uh what we were told that there is a society based around uh on them and there is a hierarchy and uh like, the very first demon we saw, the very first two demons we saw were uh, the more uh, enforcers, brutes, uh, just uh, servant types. And then there was uh, the third one we saw immediately was uh, higher up uh, than them. And they made it obvious in the tone of voice uh, they used, the demon's uh, style. It was obvious, and then the after the fact, they uh, actually told us later, yeah, there's a society, um, the higher grade meat, meat is meant for the uh, higher grade uh, demons. Yeah, I just, I don't know what it is, it just, they seem so posh when they're talking to each other, like, I can imagine them sitting around sipping tea with their pinkies out. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for a villain, but that's my impression of them. I wonder if their tea is just blood or something. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not go there. <laughs> I want to know more about these demons and what they have. <laughs> they sound like this fun people. This child's blood is spoiled. Bring me a girl's blood. Uh, which Okay, so that brings me to another question that I have is... As the story progressed, it became really difficult for me to tell who was actually supposed to be the quote-unquote villain of the story. Is it the demons? Is it the mothers who run the the farms? Is it both? Is it neither? Is there another, like, overarching villain that we're going to see later on? Who is it? Who's the real villain? I don't know. I'm not sure, because, like, uh, they didn't... It wasn't a traditional setup. It was, uh, moreover kids versus the world uh, type of thing. 
or perhaps society, because the it seems the what's set up uh, as a society is the most villainistic uh, of them all. I, I think it might be more up to personal interpretation. What, what do you think, Sho? Well, I think narratively it was the um, the one mother. What was it, Isabella? Yeah, that Isabel. was the villain because she was the source of direct conflict for the story. But like, yeah, in for general... at, least, at least for the first season. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. definitely she was the main villain first season. But yeah, no, I, I suppose there is that differentiation of like first season versus overall. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly the demons themselves are pulling the strings. Otherwise, why would anyone be doing this? But then you have to ask the question, why is anyone just going along with this? There, I mean, there has to well, be some kind of payoff, right? What do you mean? Wait, who's I mean, going along the, with this? The mothers. Well, there is no payoff. The payoff is that they don't die. <laughs> that is true. I guess uh, to some people that might be enough of a payoff. That not that what she said? That's literally I, her justification. She was like, "It is. It, just, I can, it makes me wonder." She was like, "I can pretend to have more. a happy life and live a life that I can pretend is happy, or I can die." I chose to pretend that I'm happy and live. That was her literal justification. Yeah, I know. I'm just wondering if if there even is any other payoff besides getting to live, and if that makes it worthwhile, or if that makes the people who decide to become mothers just more evil than the demons themselves because they're willing to go along with it. But then again, when you don't have a... when you're just doing it for survival, is it truly evil? That's another thing. and We've talked about this on the podcast before about, like, it it speaks to the human nature of, you know, when your back's against the wall, you sometimes do absolutely terrible things in order to survive. It goes into the whole... uh mentality of oh we were just given orders yeah we were just following orders and how many travesties in human history have been caused because of that <laughs> I, I i think there, there's something to be said that, that like this is partially what the story might be about especially going forward that's like it's a bunch of people that are just have their backs against the wall and trying to survive and for lack of a better term they're just trying to follow orders i i do uh i am interested in seeing how this society how this how the farms got set up in the first place i i really hope they explore that in the coming seasons because well, like it... it's interesting like for for all that to happen something must have happened and I, I also wonder, it's like, these these farms were in the area where Grazefield House is. There's, there's, what, six of them? Uh-huh. Well... That can't be all that there is. Like, there's got... there That may be all there is in this area, but that can't be all there is in the entire world. Well, that's the well, thing. We don't know how big the outside world is. Like, we don't. We, hell, like, we don't even know if this takes place on Earth. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't know if... Uh... The demons necessarily rule the entire world, or if they just have a certain amount of uh, land and uh, humans under uh, control. Like we just don't, we don't have enough information. Is the thing, so we can only guess yeah. and speculate. I mean, technically, the farm is self-sustainable, so they don't really need like a huge infrastructure to support it. They could just be living off on their own. They could. Um, I don't think they're living completely isolated, though. Why not? They well, they, have to get they were food given uh, supplies. Yeah, they have to get food from somewhere at least. They could like they it. could 
They could definitely <laughs> no, like it's entirely possible for it to be so. Oh yeah, psyched, I'm not uh, saying it's impossible. Yeah, but like uh, we were shown that they don't have anything like that necessarily set up, so they do get deliveries on the regular. True. I also I also feel like the the physical layout of the farm indicates that at some point in the past and another successful escape was had. I think that's why there's a dugout cliff around the entire facility. Oh I, yeah, there, there like must have the, things. Uh, there must have been uh, things that's happened so many times because we see a lot of safety measures um, that have taken place uh, over. Like you don't just do all of that at once uh, as a precaution you make mistakes and you learn from them and that's yeah, why I mean, we've there's, seen there's so, so many, many things. different things yeah there's so many things that suggest that like the tracking devices the giant wall the fact that there's a, a fucking cliff that's been dug out the, in the perimeter of these farms that it's hidden cliff, doors in the house hidden doors in the house the fact that this cliff face is too wide to jump across uh, and is really is so deep that if you fell, you would instantly die once you hit the bottom. Uh, also, it just there's so many things that suggest that escape was something that was happening somewhat regularly in the past. I mean, also, I felt like the safety measures were kind of like super convenient. Like, oh, we can see uh, we have tracking devices on the people on all the people, but we don't know which person is specific it specifically is on the tracking device i'm like yep. if you're gonna install it's a, a fucking traffic de- tracking device then why aren't you gonna like have a specific code for it it's so stupid like an id tag yeah, or something give each uh device a different uh differentiating id like it's really well, not yeah, that, that hard even something that, did that seem small a little that did seem a little convenient. Also, the fact that there's no cameras anywhere, apparently. Yeah, and like, yeah no I want to call audio. BS on that. Like, there's no way in hell. Also, I'd like to know when exactly this story takes place, because when they're t- when they're going through, like, the books and shit early on in the in the story, the children are going through the books, They the books, like, the, the copyrights on the books seem to suggest it's, like, late 2010s, but yet there's a calendar that clearly says it's 2045. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, neither yeah. did I actually. So, and I'm I'm even wondering if that there's like a different calendar system inside like the farms to make the children think that it's earlier than it is because I have a suspicion that it might actually be further into the future than 2045. It's quite possible. Like the entire place was set up to manipulate them, so why not like Make sure you feed the children false information as well, just in case. It makes yeah. sense. Also, how does one woman raise 20 children? Like, girl, <laughs> girl, how do you do that? There, let me tell you well, something. They, there are, there, they there were are trained two, for that. So there are, there are two-parent households that can barely raise a single child. <laughs> Oof. Much less a single parent that can raise 20. Well, I guess it is her job, her full-time job, but still, like, you need more. Like, what if two babies need the diaper changed at the exact same time? How are you going to do that, girl? <laughs> I'm just thinking of just keeping an eye on 20 children at the same time is hard enough, even with a tracking device. Yeah, God, that'd I don't know be how such a nightmare. You know why? You know why? Mm-hmm. It's because Isabella is secretly a demon. That's how she can do it. Actually, that'd be a hell of a twist. Whoa. That'd be a hell of a twist. 
Because then, that, oh man, that would explain a lot, though. Because I, I thought that Ray's uh, infantile amnesia uh, thing was sort of a Deus Ex Machina. It was a complete to... Deus Ex Machina. Are you shitting but, me? But when it was revealed that he was actually Isabella's biological child, and if Isabella is a demon, or at least part demon, or in some way, maybe that could explain a lot more. Oh yeah, that would make I... sense. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, fe- I felt that's memory. stretching it, though. Oh my god, then you can have, like, a shonen power up and be, like, half demon and then, like, <laughs> use superpowers. Oh or maybe god. it's just the intellect thing. I don't know. But I, I thought that was an interesting thing that they brought up the infantile amnesia thing because it's actually something that really happens in, in real life. Like, 99.9% of people have no memory of things before they were, like, three years old because your brain like immediately wipes those memories out. But there is a very, very small minority of people that can actually, there's some people that can actually remember being in their mother's womb and being born. Girl, don't you wish you can't remember that? I'm very glad that most people can't because I have a feeling that people that actually have those memories do not have a great time thinking about them, but it is a thing that actually happens. And I thought, you know, it's it's sort of a Deus Ex Machina, but it is at least biologically feasible. I guess. So it is I, a I thing. It it's not just based on uh, something they pulled out of their ass. So it, yeah, it is I mean, pretty infantile neat. amnesia. Infantile amnesia is a real thing. Most people, most people, ninety nine point nine percent of people suffer from it. But there is this very very small percentage that can actually remember things like being born, being in their mother's womb, things like that. But I, I thought that was an interesting thing to pull in. I just I also think that at the way it was done made it feel like a Deus Ex Machina. Although it could be setting up something further down the line that we don't know about yet. Um. So speaking of the children, I want to actually ask this question. Um, with all the planning and backstabbing and all the other shit that goes on, do the children and I use that term loosely in the story. Do they act believable as child characters? Not the because older I don't ones. think so. Uh, the older the, ones, the little the, tiny ones, yeah. But the Emma and her gang, Ray and Norman, no. yeah. Like they they told us they're uh, geniuses, and I'm like, sure, but that only takes it so far. Like these kids are really fucking out there. Like they are out thinking so many things making plans like it's nobody's business okay and i'm like what the hell okay norman's plan where it's like i can see the future i know exactly what's gonna happen and i made an, a very precise plan to like oh they think they're gonna, we're gonna do this because that's the obvious plan so we're gonna do the plan b that's like out thinking the obvious and i'm like girl adults can't even come with these up with these plans how is this tiny child coming up with this plan this makes it's so complicated uh yeah i I, it's almost like they're making them act more mature than their ages would suggest and maybe that has something to do with something else in the plot that we're going to learn later in the story like i have this theory i don't know if it's right or not but i have a theory that the way that they're replenishing the, the their supply of children is through some kind of synthetic birthing process wait no didn't they literally show that the moms give birth I thought, they show that the moms give birth at least once. But oh, I thought that like collectively all the moms together would be enough to sustain the farm. 
Oh, no I, way. Maybe, there is no way. Maybe there's moms that don't actually run farms and all they do is birth children. Yeah, because like that classroom of moms was a lot. I feel like you all give birth, but then after you give birth, only the good ones become moms. I don't know. Maybe. I think there's it's more over um, like those who qualify for it becomes moms, but uh, everyone who did do the class uh, gives birth anyways just to uh, keep up the sustainable levels. Yeah, but, like, why else would they give birth other than to sustain the farm? Well, it, it is suggested multiple times throughout the story, especially from Sister Krona, that there is, like, an actual society outside the walls, like, of of full-grown adults and demons, and, like, there is an actual society out there that is being lived in. It's it's implied. We never see it, obviously, but it's it's implied that there is. What does that have to do with giving birth? I'm, maybe they take some of the children from that society and send them to the farms? It's entirely no, but possible. But I'm saying, like, why would the demons make the moms give birth? Like, what is the purpose of that other than to sustain the farm? I, Just to I feel like that's so them. unnecessary unless they're sustaining I f- the farm. I feel way. like I feel like that's a question that's going to be answered next season. It <laughs> might be. Uh, so. This is just me speculating here, but um. When some when a woman does uh give birth, when they go through pregnancy and give uh birth, their uh brain structure and um how everything works for them actually does change, and this is a inherently uh genetic uh thing. It might be because of that they want the women uh to change and actually be a mother, so that they have the instincts to uh protect the kids that they're raising and to raise them right even if they know like yeah they're getting uh they're gonna die uh eventually doesn't matter they want the they want they don't want just like it's like just having some random person uh raising a child versus a mother raising a child there is a difference a mother will inherently Uh, know Okay. I mean, I I get what he's saying, and he is he is right that when a, a vast majority of women, when they actually get pregnant and give birth, um, they have this sort of, for lack of a better term, maternal instinct that kicks into overdrive, and they have an, a really strong desire to protect children. Not 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 necessarily just their child, but m- m- obviously mostly their child, but all children. That could also very much explain why all of the people who run the farms are women. Yeah. Now, that's just a speculative uh, theory on my part, but I feel it rather makes sense, and until they say something otherwise, like, that's all we got to go with? Men aren't good parents. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa, Um, you fucking sexist. Anime. Wow. Anime Club After Dark does not condone shows sexist attitude. I, that's, I mean, that's what you guys said, not me. No, I didn't say we that. We never said, said that, that. Women have Whoa. maternal instincts. Okay, girl. But are, are we all at least in agreement that the, some of these uh, plans and stuff that the children come up with are a little too advanced for their age? It's so yes. fucking extra. Like, maybe if they showed off the fact that they really were geniuses instead of, like, one test that we saw one time, they do. Like, maybe I'd uh, find it a bit more believable, but they really didn't show it off 
they didn't establish it really well in the beginning, so yeah. it, I find it hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, they they heavily imply that at the very least, Norman, Ray, and Emma are very high IQ. I don't think yeah, they were like they straight to... up tell us that. I don't think they were supposed to be geniuses. They're just like intelligent. They're just smart, yeah. but they're not like crazy smart. But they act crazy yeah, smart. No, they act a little reckless sometimes. A crazy might be apt, but um, yeah, I, I just thought that some of the plans they were coming up with were a little more mature than their age would suggest. Of course, maybe that has something to do with I don't know how they might be born. I don't know. Also, uh, Norman the- in particular was way too emotionally mature. Like literally, for, yeah, for a twelve-year-old, he could handle like any situation, and he's like, "I have my emotions in check." I will sacrifice my emotions for the greater good. I'm like, girl, girl, calm down. <laughs> which, which I, I, I know that there are some people that can't. I, I very much remember being 12 years old and very much remember never being in control of my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Going into my room, stuffing my face in my pillow and crying. I remember that very much. <laughs> control of my emotions, bullshit. What a uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I know. I, I did. Um, oh, no. We'll go into it. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that a 12-year-old really be that in control. I could I could see it maybe for sometimes being in control of your emotions, but not all the time. Um, But going on from mothers to sisters, I want to talk about Sister Krona for a second. Um, She, the way that her, she was kind of like a... a here today gone tomorrow kind of character where she was just kind of there and then she seemed like she was going to serve some grand purpose of the narrative going forward and then she was gone and her actual the only purpose that she seemed to serve was to be like an info dump once she got the uh once she got once the children got her trust she essentially seemed like an exposition machine yeah she was an info dump she was so out of place she was so like way too weirdly crazy like, I mean, through the tone of I the love show, that part about oh her. Oh my god. But <laughs> the tone of the show was like so creepy. And then she comes in and she's like, wow. And I'm like, oh my god. When did this become like a fucking comedy? <laughs> <laughs> I will say it kind of does go to show that the world that they live in is kind of crazy and can probably produce some crazy motherfuckers. Um, but I, I think that they probably could have utilized her a little better. I, I think it was kind of, it may have been a mistake long run to just kill her off unsummarily. Although, if her purpose was just to be an info dump about the outside world, she did serve that purpose. Like, um, she served she's... her purpose. I enjoyed what we got of her. I, I just felt they could have executed it better. Not her, just her purpose. How she, she was executed was, a... was pretty funny. Ah, ha, ha, very funny. You're so punny. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think she uh, also served a good uh, purpose of um, making Isabella seem more of a bad, uh, cold-blooded bitch. Yeah. I did love that. Like, yeah, they really ramped up uh, how manipulative and uh, how much further Isabella sees with the when comparing her to a sister crony and i was like damn god damn yeah yeah it's like uh you have evil and then evilist <laughs> it's like okay um 
I will say one thing, and this this might be controversial, so hold on to your hats. I was very surprised, given with the given the the time we live in, where everyone wants to call out everything about absolutely everything. I'm really surprised that no one ever mentioned the fact that the way that Sister Crona is portrayed, and I'm, I'm speaking very specifically about how her character design is, that no one ever said that that might be racist. The whole crazy back black lady? No. Crazy black lady with big lips. Yeah, like the physical character design was also... Yeah, the, the, phys- <laughs> as I about, the physical character design of her is very, very, almost vaudevillian black stereotype i was i was surprised that seeing as how everyone is so gung-ho about calling everything out for being racist sexist bigoted or homophobic i'm really surprised that no one ever mentioned that and i i I kept looking for it i'm thinking well eventually someone's gonna say something and then i never saw anything yeah i was actually rather surprised about that I, i will say i will say to all the people out there who watch this and didn't do that thank you you are you're a credit to the industry Wait, what does that mean? What the fuck? What? Are you I'm, supporting I, I'm racist ha- caricatures? No, it means that no, I'm happy people aren't just willy-nilly calling shit out because they feel like it. Girl, I feel like that in itself is a contradictory uh, opinion. But um, unfortunately, I think that um, racist caricatures of black people are more common in anime than... I would like so like it's not it's not a surprise like I've seen it a lot I mean I'm I wasn't particularly surprised by the portrayal I'm just really <laughs> su- I'm more surprised by the fact that no one said anything and it, it, it's I mean it's fair to po- I think it's fair to point out that there are very few black people in Japan <laughs> I think maybe it's because people just didn't care about oh, her character like, enough possibly what was I thinking I you know, know what I thought of maybe Maybe. Yeah, there was what's a, up, show? There was a black character in Run With The Wind, the only black character, and he was just, he was just like uh, Crone with the uh, stereotypical black features. So, it's just so common. Just like, it, it happens so often. And I never heard anything about that either. Of course, I haven't seen Run, the, Run With The Wind. Is it worth watching? It's very monotonous. Okay. So it's an anime. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, more specifically, it's a sports anime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I have to ask. We've kind of Wait, we've kind of on that topic. Like ahead. the dark-skinned uh, children didn't look stereotypically non-Japanese. So, but it was only Crone. No. no. Um, I found interesting. I'm, I'm also not. I'm also not convinced that the other dark-skinned children weren't black and may have been like maybe allegedly south southeastern asian or perhaps indian or honestly i don't think most of the characters or any of the characters were asian i think especially because of the names yeah the names were very western i feel like they were um like european for the white ones and like african or South American or the non-white ones, but I don't know. That's just what I think. Yeah, it's what it definitely I, I, seemed you, like. But you you definitely make a good point that none of the other dark skinned children were portrayed as caricatures, which is interesting. And maybe it's maybe the reason there wasn't any kind of um, hoopla about it. Maybe 
Shona might actually be right that she was kind of here today, gone tomorrow. It's like no one really cared about her that much. I don't know. Made a big scene when she came in, though. She uh, she she stomped around a lot when she came in. She made a lot of noise, but then she was gone. (laughs) I don't know. Hell, I I wonder if that's racist in itself. Okay, right, I'm not going to gonna open this, this can of worms. <laughs> no, we need to move on from this before we legitimately get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we already kind of talked about this a little bit, or touched on it at least. Um, the big, I, I won't say necessarily the big twist at the end, but it was certainly a twist at the end, was finding out that Ray was uh, Isabella's actual biological child. Oh my god, that twist. I did not see it coming. Holy shit! See, see, I, I thought, I thought there was something more between her and him, between Isabella and Ray, but I didn't realize that it was gonna be that they were mother and son. Like how they executed it as well. Like he just reveals, oh yeah, I can remember stuff all the way uh, from back then, and then at the end of the episode, um, it's like yeah. Bye, mom. <laughs> and like Bye. the fact that, that they re- so uh, revealed creepy. it through uh, him humming a song, and uh, when she's like, "Where the fuck did you hear that?" and he just smiles, I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh no, that that whole thing, I was like, "Yo," it, it caught me off guard, and I was like, "Okay, legitimate twist." I I loved it completely caught me off guard like they hinted uh at the i mean like they've been telling us he's been uh a plant since forever but we we didn't actually know why we could only take a guess but then they revealed it and it's because of that and it speaks to the fact that isabella does have a caring heart in her own twisted way still yeah well, I mean, the fact that at the at the very end she like literally lets her hair down and you see her for what she is and like she's thought about doing exactly what the children are doing right now before. Like she legit was about to do it too, but she got caught. Yeah. So, and I le- mean, I'm it, I'm just going to almost... interject real quick and say Isabella with her hair down. Oh god. Oh god. Damn. Oh, that that's a milf. <laughs> Oh. Uh, oh! What do you mean? I don't even think she's that old, Shinoda. I don't even think she's thirty years old. But so you don't have age has nothing to do with your milf. Uh, I suppose yeah, exactly. I'm like, let me tell you. Oh. Anyways, go on. I, I, um. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I'm I a cultured man. Okay. She looks You're better what? with her hair up. What are you talking no, about? No, fuck oh you. Her God. hair down looks she way She looks better. like Samara with her hair down. Samara? I'll fucking climb up a well and fucking drag you into the television. Oh, 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 her. No, hell no. What are you good talking Lord. about? She looks crazy good with her hair down. Girl, first of all, she needs to condition before she <laughs> lets it down. Because that thing was a mess. <laughs> 
Can I can I just move us slightly back on topic here yes, and yes. say okay, fine, fine. The we, whole we point of me bringing this up, the whole point of me bringing this up was to point out that she's been in the exact situation that they that the children find themselves in now, and it's almost like it's coming full circle for. Her. I actually genuinely wonder what's going to happen to her going forward because I can't imagine that the demons are going to just let her off the hook for this. Like they'll be the... pissed, but at the same time, they've told us she produces the most high qual- highest quality uh, material from her farm, and that's specifically from her work. So maybe she will get a pass, even though she lost out on some of the highest grade meats uh, that they had. Like, who knows is the thing. Like, on one hand, she produced results. On the other hand, she fucked up big. I think yeah. she's gonna survive. Maybe she'll get demoted to sister or something. I don't know. But I think that her um, mental motivations have changed because I think she was so fucked up into uh, imagining her fantasy of living a happy life and then killing them off. It was only because she thought escape was impossible. But now that she's seen it's possible, I think she might um, collaborate with uh, Emma in um, breaking out everyone else. Whoa. That, That might be like you have a mole on the inside. Honey, she has a mole on the inside of her cheek, too. That's very true. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, I will say, something that happened at the end that that made me go, like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, Both Emma and Ray cut off their ears with the tracking devices in them. I wanted to just strangle them. It's like, you didn't have to cut off the whole ear, just the part with the tracking device in it. And, like, the thing is, they didn't even have to cut off both their ears. Like, just one of them. Okay, I was so confused. No, 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 no. I was confused, but I figured it out. They good job. Okay, wait, they they did have to cut off their whole ear, because the thing was implanted. Wasn't the thing implanted, like, at the base? I... I thought it was in the lobe and up through the cartilage. So they didn't even have to cut off the whole ear, just the outside of it. Yeah, well, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's really weird to say we're going to go out into the wild now, but there's a big gaping wound on the side of both of our heads. Yeah, and more than... This isn't going to get injected at all. (laughs) That's what I'm about to say. Like, they're rummaging in the woods trying to survive. Like, that thing's going to be infected so fucking quick. They're going to have... They're going to... About they're gonna almost die within the first two days easily. Don't worry, girl. <laughs> Emma has a note from Norman explaining how to treat ear wounds because he clearly <laughs> probably <knows> everything. <laughs> probably that also leads me to another question I have. I don't think Norman is dead. No, I mean, yeah, that that uh, that surprise. Like it, they normally uh, killed. Uh, it seems like they killed the kids. Um. In the hallway, but instead they took Norman into um, a waiting area or something, and he was surprised when he uh, when the door opened. Why? What was there? What happened? We don't know yet. Is he? Uh, I don't know. Did they but... recruit him to be part of the program instead of killing him? Did off he become because a father? A... Oh, exactly. Like there's Gender so many possibilities. Surgery? I don't think he's dead. I agree with you. I, d- I don't think he's dead. I think that there's way too much foreshadowing that he's actually still going to be alive. To what capacity, I don't know. Maybe they recruited him to become a father. Because, I mean, obviously, if these mothers are getting pregnant, they have to get pregnant from someone. 
I think they Norman was like the nicest of all the characters this show. So then, um, he they're has gonna to corrupt become, him so yeah he hard has to become the villain a... next time. Oh my <laughs> god, I would be so hyped. That'd be that'd so be the, great. Be a huge. That'd be a huge turnabout where where Isabella becomes an ally and then Norman becomes the villain. That'd be a huge turnabout. I'd but fully it, mm-hmm. welcome it. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it would certainly it would certainly be a heck of a twist that I look forward to seeing if it's true. Um, so I do want to talk about. Uh, I wasn't even going to bring this up until oh, wait. you reminded before me. Before we show. move on. I'm just going to say that I'm surprised that um, the show actually ended with them escaping because literally the pace at which the show was going, like around uh, episode, like around the halfway point, I was like, there is no fucking way they're going to escape. And then, (laughs) oh my God, was it the last episode where they showed the calendar and it was just like XXXXX and all the days I'm like, what is happening? How are you skipping ahead so far? And I'm like, oh my God, this is, that's. We didn't really talk about this, but at the very end, it was everything happened so quickly. They skipped ahead so fast. Like, everything was way too. I felt it was too clustered and it, was, it happened way too fast. You think they yeah, should have spaced I, I agree. it out a I bit feel, more? I feel like, well, I feel like that maybe some material was skipped over in the source material. I could certainly see it happening as to why, like, they had that scene where you see, like, three months go by like that. Like we have snap yeah, I'm like, what the? F- I was so, by. I was so blown aback. I'm like, holy shit, the calendar's flipping away. <laughs> but yeah. But also, you had you had Emma's broken leg, and that has to heal. That a broken leg typically takes at least three months to heal, at least relatively properly. Yeah, but like they could have been doing things in those month period. <laughs> True. Um, I mean partially I'm, I'm thinking that partially the fact that it's getting a second season might have something to do with that i don't know um but yeah I, I thought that the the last i would say the last two to three episodes were way faster paced than everything else it's a little too for much sure. for me oh they were good <laughs> episodes but like too much <laughs> um so i <laughs> i wasn't even going to bring this up until you had reminded me show but about halfway through uh I think it was like either maybe week four or five. I think it was week five, uh, around episode five's airing. The execrable association known as PETA in the United States, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, came out with an absolutely ridiculous assertion that uh, the promised Neverland is supposed to be a metaphor for free range farming. Um, I want to say that's bullshit <laughs> um like thanks for comparing even know why... us to animals like you fucking yeah traitors I, mean, I don't even know species i don't even know why PETA felt like th- felt like they had a need to get in on this idea like 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 why okay first off you're gonna fucking insult and belittle a dead man on his birthday Wait, and now you're gonna go after fucking weebs who? okay oh that's a separate issue <laughs> Yeah, Peta. Well, right before this happened, Peta went after uh, Steve Irwin on his fucking birthday, and it's like, no, just leave a dead man alone, please. Okay, well, I'm just gonna, uh, regardless of Peta's reputation in general, I thought that <laughs> the uh, assertion that they brought up was actually quite interesting, and I thought that for me, uh, thinking of the show as a metaphor for re- free range farming made the show more enjoyable because otherwise 
I just don't understand what the point of the show is. <laughs> I was just like, okay, the people are dying. Why do I care? But like when you think, when I think of it as like um, animals dying, I'm like, oh, there's, there's maybe a message in there. I can somewhat sympathize. See, I can sympathize with animals dying, but not with children because I'm fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, I certainly think that there's a message in the show. I can't fully say whether I know what the message is yet because I haven't seen the entire story. Um, but if I were to just guess on what the message of this show is supposed to be, or at least the theme of the show is supposed to be, at least the story is supposed to be, I would say that it's the death of innocence and the death of childhood. Maybe. Because if you think about it, when you move into adulthood, what's the one thing you have to kill? Your childhood. Oh, so you're like saying it's kind of like a coming of age thing? Yeah. And think about it. Like, when you when you really look back on it, all the emotions and shit you feel when you move from childhood into adolescence and then into adulthood, you feel a lot of emotions through that, and it can kind of feel like your old self is dying. I've... I can see the coming of age thing. I just thought it was way too dramatic to be like to appropriate to be appropriate for coming of age and also why demons? I don't understand what the demons have. like if it's I mean, free range farming sure. then the demons are the humans which kind of makes sense but then coming of age who are the demons? Well, if you think about it like what are what are some nightmares that children have a lot of? They're about monsters. Coming to eat, coming to eat, coming to eat them, <laughs> to eat them, coming to eat, straight them. off that cliff. Oh yeah. my god! Straight off that cliff, right into the fucking crevasse. I guess, but like the 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 monsters control the adults. To me, it's just a very. I don't think it's that. Um, to me, it doesn't make. You sense. don't think it's that. You don't think it's that deep. I know. I just don't think it fits the mold of coming of age for me. I I, don't, I honestly yeah. don't even see uh, anything like that in there at all. I feel like it was just no. Boring. You just came for murdering children. That's all you came to this. Hell show fucking for. yeah! But no, <laughs> I I feel like it was more entertainment, and there wasn't necessarily a overall message to be sent. It, it just it didn't feel like they were trying to get anything across necessarily. Like. Maybe if you uh, really looked for it and uh, interpreted something for yourself, that's, I mean, good for you, but I don't well, think they necessarily set out to do anything. The thing is, like, it's very, the Promised Neverland is very similar to stuff like Attack on Titan um, and what was the other one? From the New World. And both of those uh, stories have a message they're trying to say about the real world and like just dystopian uh stories in general usually have a message they're trying to say about the real world um i'd like i think that's like very staple for the genre but i I really didn't see it in the promised neverland i didn't really get any message well i would i would add on to what you just said that either it's a message about the real world or about human nature in general Oh yeah, it could be a those dystopian a, stories. It could be a message about human nature. Yeah. So what did you take away from the show then, Chinoda, if anything? <laughs> Murder children. Um He took away Connie's uh bunny rabbit. He took away that he prefers MILFs with their hair down. Yeah, he, he took away Yeah, MILFs with their hair down make him make his pee pee hard. No, no, no. Specifically with with the wind blowing and everything. Oh God! Um, honestly, I, I 
didn't really take anything away. It was just a <laughs> piece of entertainment for me. Like, okay. It didn't, oh God. It didn't re uh, reach out to me in a way there where it laid a message on me. Just nothing well, like that for me. I will say that part of my belief that this is a sort of pseudo coming of age sort of story is in its title, Promise Neverland, which itself is a reference to Peter Pan. So what is, remind me, what is Neverland in uh, Peter Pan's um, fiction story? It's a island where uh, kids basically don't grow up. Yeah, it's, it's an island of, where the Lost playing. Boys live. Yeah. And and the people and the and the apparition that chases the Lost Boys is Captain Hook, who is portrayed as a demon. Is he portrayed as well? A demon, more specifically, though? an adult than a demon. Well, he's he he's portrayed as an adult who demonizes little children. Yeah, I think you're you're stretching it. How does he well, demonize the, the title? Children? The title. The, well, the title is for he sure literally captures to them Peter and Pan. feeds them to an alligator. Yeah. Yeah, but there's or no was it a an alligator. An alligator, an alligator who has a clock in his stomach, who is literally the personification of time eating everything. Okay. Yeah, obviously there's references. I don't see the demon part. Um, but yeah, interesting. I don't know. It's just my my belief in that. Like that that title has to have some meaning because I don't think you would make a Peter Pan reference unless it was apt. I don't think there's a there's a Peter Pan reference just because there's children in it. Oh girl, you maybe you overestimate Japan. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty sure there have been like literal references and titles to things just because of like a trivial thing like that. Maybe you might be right. I I think this is something like the whole idea of theme and and motivation is. I think we're gonna have to see more of the story to get that though. I feel like okay, well, so the uh, like the Peter Pan is that what what is it called? What is the actual story called with Peter Pan in it? Um. Or whatever. The Peter Pan story is all about like children going to like a fantasy world where they can be children forever, right? Well, yeah. And then I feel like this is Pretty kind much. of like a twist on that idea because technically the place where they can be children forever is in the farm. So this might be saying that being a child forever is really a bad idea. Maybe. Yeah. That you should grow up, take responsibility. <laughs> grow the fuck up, grow some balls, and fucking man up, bitch. I it, it it's certainly possible. Interesting. See, I thought that the promised Neverland was going to be, um, the you know how they read those books in the library by that random person that's trying to send them a message. Mm -hmm. I thought like that was the promise. And then they're going to the place that that guy is from, and then that would be Neverland. But then, but the farm could be Neverland too. So I'm not sure. But then, why would it be I promised? Think, See, that doesn't make sense I, to me. <laughs> I think that's the irony of it. Is the thing where and they chose the title on purpose, promise that, that Neverland, be, but the, the promise is never achieved. Yeah, well, I what's mean, the promise? That you, or actually, you'll be able no. to retain your innocence. Yeah, no, but you—that is achieved because you don't ever, you don't ever grow up. Whatever. Maybe that's the <laughs> promise of it. You don't grow up. I the think this is, never this is an example. I think this is an example of something that we will have to wait until the second season to maybe get a proper answer on. Oh, girl! But you will the title be even by fit five years. on the second season? They'll have to change the goddamn title to fit the show.
No, they won't. Oh my god, what's the what's the second season gonna be called? Oh my god. <laughs> no, I mean, I seriously doubt they'll change it. The promise. I mean, it's the promise. Never ever land. <laughs> and then no, the no. third season will be the never ever ever land. <laughs> the never promised Everland. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, so far, so far, Mal just has it listed as promise Neverland second season. Boring. No, not even any punctuation. Special no characters. punctuation or nothing. Anyway, uh, I, I want to wrap this up by talking about some stuff that isn't related to story that's more related to animation and soundtrack. Um, one of the things that I actually genuinely loved in this show was like, well, the animation was most of the time very, very gorgeous, um, especially that fire at the end. My God, that was animated really well. Um, but there was a form of motion that was a motion animate the motion animation that was utilized in this anime it was a CGI effect that showed 3d movement within 2d space. And you see this, you saw this a lot of times with people with, especially with the children walking down dark corridors. Um, I thought that was utilized very well in the, in the sense that it created tension. Um, I just was curious as to what you guys thought of that. I never noticed that. Really? Link me. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, it was, really unique looking i mean it was it was essentially 3d animation but it made it look like it was 3d movement within 2d space they definitely had shots here and there which were more unique than it would normally be especially some Mm. of the first person views that they used yeah that's what i'm talking about gorgeous yeah, they were, they were. That's what I, and that's mostly what I'm referring to. And I thought like the way that they utilized that effect was really, really good at building tension. I, just, you didn't notice it at all. No. That's wow. honestly, you should go back and uh, pay attention to it. I already told like, you. Yeah. I watched this bitch out of order. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is all confused. Listen, you, you don't have everyone... to. I mean, it's just notice the details on the. Uh, on the specific parts we're talking about. You don't have to watch the entire thing. Show, do you want to tell everyone why you've watched this out of order? Oh yeah, this is a funny story. (laughs) It's a funny story, I think you should tell. It's not that long. My sister watched the show ahead of me on my Crunchyroll account, and then when I went back to watch the show, I'm like, okay, continue where I left off, and then I watched like three quarters of a show, of an episode, and I'm like, this kind of makes sense. Um, They didn't really follow up on the stuff that they did from the last episode but i feel like i'm missing something hmm oh oh no oh no <laughs> and that boys and girls is why you always pay attention before you pl- click on continue from where you left off that's boys and girls why you use mal and oh, don't rely on Crunchyroll. Yes. <laughs> and don't rely on your fucking sister not to put it back to where she left it <sighs> anyway, I I don't know. It, it's a really good effect. I thought they utilized animation to to um to create tension really well in the show. Um, so I definitely praise him for that. The last thing I do want to talk about, though, oh my god, the fucking saxophone in the OP. Ha! <laughs> oh, it was so good. I don't I don't think I ever skipped any of the. Ops in each episode. I like, How dare and it's you? very rare for uh me to do that for to not skip a op. 
It sounded uh, so I mean, how, fucking good. I mean, good. you're kind of you're kind of one of the you're one of these people that like you watch the OP the first time. If you like it, you kind of take note of that. If you don't, you just always skip it. Pretty much, like I'll watch it uh, just to uh, see it, see the visuals, uh, hear the music, and afterwards, like I I know it, uh, I'll just skip it. But when I when there's something that's really out there, either musically or visually, or most of the time both, like. It hooks me, and, like, it's one of those where I just won't skip it, because it'll, it yeah. has an element to it, and yeah, this I show, this show caught it, and, oh my god, it was beautiful. Like, the music itself was absolutely fantastic, and then there's the added benefit of the visuals they, they chose to use. Wow, they blew it out of the yeah. park. Yeah, Without and, spoilers, and, too, is the yeah, thing. Yeah, there were, well... Uh, slightly, but you really wouldn't notice them unless you were really paying attention. Yeah, I, I would. I would kind of go with that. Yeah, the I, the one thing I'm really glad they didn't put in the OP was the fucking demons. Oh, <laughs> that no, would have really would've... given some shit away. Yeah, I was annoyed that they put Sister Crone in the OP because like they introduce her like halfway through, and their the show was like. Oh, oh my God! It's a big uh, cliffhanger that there's gonna be a new mom. I'm like, girl, it's been the OP for the past ten episodes. <laughs> yeah, that that is the shame about it. They should have thought uh thought it better and like just change the OP and introduce her in the episode uh like after they uh actually show her in the uh show, but yeah. they didn't, yeah. and it it was probably for uh cost cutting measures. More than likely. Maybe. Which is a shame. More than likely. We don't know for certain is the thing. But um, just speculation. Also, just just to point out that the both of the EDs were also very good too. Oh yeah, without a without a doubt. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I mean the last thing really to say is that we, as we've mentioned a couple of times so far, is there is a second season coming in 2020. I, I assume I'm correct in saying that we're all going to be at least watching it. We're all looking forward to it. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna be reading the manga before that happens. Yeah, Have, I think <laughs> I might go and and read. I, I'm not sure if I'll read like get caught. Is it even finished? I don't even know. No. Okay, so here's the thing about the manga. I, I slightly want to, but at the same time, just because of how they did the. Uh, surprises and twists in the anime i don't know if i necessarily want to read the manga and then go into the anime knowing everything already a funny thing i didn't read the manga but i scrolled through the picture fan art and i got spoiled to some plot twist oh, you dumb <laughs> but like i don't even i didn't even care <laughs> like i knew that um uh what's his face norman was gonna get shipped away and also i knew that they were gonna set the house on fire before those things actually happened oh. but like i don't really care <laughs> plot twist gilda's glasses have been cameras the whole time oh lol <laughs> everyone asks where are the fucking cameras at in this bitch they're on her fucking face oh my god that's <laughs> no, I'm funny not- I'm not kidding. I I I mean, I mean I am kidding. I, I don't know if that's that. Maybe that is actually happening. I don't know. Uh we we haven't seen technology that advanced, so we don't know. What Never really like. seen much in the way of advanced technology. Like to be probably honest. the most advanced tech we have seen is the tracking devices. I want to say. Yeah. Or maybe the homemade um uh, stun gun that was made, possibly. 
Well, that was just cobbled together. I mean, you can't really call that. It's a combination of multiple technologies into one thing. True. Also, speaking of um, Ray cobbling things together, how the fuck did Ray get like 10 bottles of lighter fluid? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that seems a little convenient. <laughs> I feel like that Although was... they do use they do use they do use oil-fueled lamps for a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I guess it would make sense to have fuel on hand but so much i don't know yeah that I, seems... I, it did seem slightly convenient yeah I, I think that was one of those things where they're like oh yeah just like here's a slight explanation it doesn't really make sense but it's some explanation just go with it like if he had had if he had had five or fewer cans i could see it but he had like at least 15 yeah he had like a huge like shipment of it he got it shipped <laughs> You got a, yeah, you got like a fucking uh, a fucking case of lighter fluid. It's like, bitch, where's UPS at in this? Like, let's get this party started. No, they had an Amazon drone deliver it. Yeah, Amazon drone. <laughs> oh man, Jeff Bezos mixing it up with the demons. <laughs> All right, well, is there anything else to say before we finish this up? Um, I'm looking forward to the next season, and um. I'm hoping it uh, keeps on track. It, well, I hope the momentum keeps uh, going strong. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I want yeah. to spread it more to more people just to watch their reactions. I spread it to a couple of my friends as it was airing, and oh my god, just watching their faces as the shocking twists and turns happen. <laughs> oh, that gave me life, and I I oh need my. to do it more. Um. That sounds like pro a... tip: Don't spend any time around Shinoda if you haven't seen an anime. <laughs> Swiggity swooty, he is coming for your booty. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> anyway, no, <laughs> he's coming for the anime booty. There Actually, he's coming for milfs with milfs with their hair down. I mean, <laughs> All right, how about you, Show? You got anything to say? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> On that lovely note, on that lovely note, number one, you're an asshole, and number two, thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, you can join our Discord server, become a member of our Facebook group, follow our Twitch channel, and visit our website. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns on this or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody. Remember, I'm kids. I'm subscribed to uh, <laughs> Facebook feed. Remember, kids, cannibalism is illegal, unfortunately. Um, what? I'm going to take him out back and beat him now. <laughs> Good night, everybody.